Hey everyone, and welcome to An Academic's Life. I am your host, Genesee Carter, and thanks for listening along with me. This is going to be episode 24, I believe, and when I started this podcast, I was just very scared about putting my story out into the world, making it public, and just all of the imposter syndrome fears of things not being good enough or how much do I need to research each episode and how much do I need to outline each episode. And as an academic, as I'm sure you all know, for the academics who are listening or the high achievers who are listening, we can be very perfection oriented and very hard on ourselves. And the things that we wouldn't judge other people for, we judge for ourselves. So all those things have gotten in the way over starting a podcast that I wanted to start five years ago. So I'm exploring this new journey and personal challenge to myself to be vulnerable and share my thoughts and feelings and experiences. And I just want to thank you for everyone who has been listening along. So this episode comes on the heels of Friday night's College of Liberal Arts graduation that I attended as a professor. And I have two concurrent and and not totally well-organized themes that I want to talk about that have just been on my mind since graduation because graduation bubbles up in me lots of feelings about academia, about careers, about hopes and dreams. (laughs) And so those two themes that I want to talk about are don't put all your eggs in one basket and you are more than just your degree. So why these two topics? Well, a couple of things. Graduation kind of brings to the forefront the work that I do around hiring and the graduate students and folks who are contacting me about positions in the English department. And unfortunately, there are more people than there are positions currently in this academic landscape for a number of reasons that you are probably aware of. Number one being funding for tenure track lines decreasing over the last couple of decades and hiring less expensive non-tenure track faculty or hiring more graduate students, which is great for graduate students. But it does rely on less expensive labor, not paying people what they're worth and not hiring those PhDs who are graduating from programs who are admitting them in the first place. And the other reason is, I just mentioned it, but programs over admitting graduate students for which they don't have a hiring landscape for. And in many ways, um, they are churning out these graduate students who don't have prospects of a tenure track job or a high quality, well-paying job, which 
is incredibly demoralizing and frustrating. And then there's also added into the mix the academics who, like me, said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get myself an academic job and I am going to work as hard as I can to get that academic job. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make it in academia. And then we judge ourselves very harshly and say things like, you know, what's wrong with me? How come they picked this other candidate? Um, Is my scholarship not good enough? All of these kinds of self-criticisms when the the jobs are stacked against us to begin with because there are fewer and fewer positions. And so what I really want to impress upon you is these two things. Number one, you are more than just your degree. And I see over and over and over again, and I was, I'm definitely still in this mindset as well, but I'm working to get out of it. This belief that oh, I'm only a writing instructor, or I'm a poet, or I do this kind of engineering, or I do this kind of psychology, or I'm trained in 17th century Italian food cookery methods. And because that's how academia has taught us, our identity is our scholarship. And it becomes incredibly difficult for us to think about ourselves as anything but that scholarship. And so I see a lot of academics, and I have said this myself, like who's gonna hire me because I have a PhD in rhetoric and composition, or who's gonna hire this other person because they have a history in medicine degree, or who's, you know, we think about our content knowledge, and we forget all of the skills that we actually have that employers want. They want our research skills. They want our summarizing and analysis skills. They want our ability to project manage. If you have taught, you are a project manager. They want our um, usability studies experience. If you have ever worked on a personal or professional website, you have done usability studies work and you have been a consultant there. Um, They want our ability to talk to people and give presentations and teach information and summarize and synthesize that information. They want our work ethic. We are dogged workaholics. We are committed to the work that we do. We are committed to problem solving. We are committed to our research questions and companies and employers want that. We are committed to attention to detail and the ethics of the work that we do and professional development and training. They want those from us. And there are so many fascinating jobs out there that if we think about our skills beyond just our content area or our time period, there are research analyst jobs. There is content writing jobs. There's usability studies and design jobs. There's SEO and marketing jobs. And I know so many people in English, graduate students and and non-tenure track faculty in my department specifically, but also elsewhere, where they have picked up these jobs 
on the side, whether it's LinkedIn or Fiverr or just from the friendships and the relationships that they have in Fort Collins. And they're doing this additional work and they're making so much more money than they would be making teaching four sections of composition or four sections as non-tenure track faculty in the English department. And so there's so many interesting jobs out there and I don't want you to sell yourself short. And I really want to encourage you to think about your skills and what you bring to this world beyond your content area. And I know a lot of you are going to say like, I am damned if I don't get that tenure track job or that elusive job and good for you. Work hard at it and do your best. But please remember, you are not a failure if you don't get that job. Okay, you are not a failure. And one of the things that faculty didn't tell me and very and from what I hear and what I see very rarely tell graduate students is that there are fewer and fewer and fewer jobs available to begin with. And the competition is high. The competition is very high and there is nothing wrong with you if you don't get that job. Some hiring committees want a particular kind of subject area or they want a particular kind of personality or they want a particular kind of person and they can't hire everyone, right? So work really hard at that job But this gets to my second point. It is okay to not put all of your eggs in one basket. And when I'm talking to graduate students or non-tenure track faculty or even tenure track faculty, they say to me like, Genesee, do I have to work full time in academia to be considered a serious scholar? Or do I need to work full time to have the opportunities, you know, can I teach one or two classes here? Um, Will people look down on me if I work part time? Here's the thing, in the past, I would have said, yeah, for your best chances, you probably need to work full time. The pandemic has shown us that a mosaic of work possibilities are actually incredibly productive and incredibly fruitful and beneficial for companies and employees alike. And if you're gonna take a full-time job, teaching, let's say, or um, doing adjuncting work, just know that it may not give you the time that you want for the research and the scholarship that you truly want to do or the writing that you want to do. And so I get a lot of MFA students asking me, like, do I, if I teach four sections of comp, I'm not going to have time for my creative writing or my nonfiction or my poetry or, you know, other things that I want to do. And the advice that I've been giving them is we don't need to look at work in a traditional way anymore where we have to do full-time work in only one place. I am actually encouraging folks to apply for academic jobs that are part-time and then doing something else Because here's the thing, a lot of academic jobs don't pay well. And if you're working full time in an environment that doesn't pay well, that doesn't give you good retirement benefits, you're going to be very demoralized very quickly and you're going to feel stuck very quickly. So if you can keep one foot in academia with one or two classes or part-time work 
at a student affairs office or anywhere else on campus, and then you're working for um, a company in content or research analysis or you know whatever else that it might be, they're most likely going to pay you a lot more and you're going to have time to do the research and the writing that you actually want to do. Or if, you, if you're not interested in research and writing and you still want to keep a foot in academia, do something part-time, take another job working full-time. Heck, you could be a coffee barista. And, you know, whatever gives you life, whatever is enjoyable to you, whatever helps you meet those goals, because I think really we need to embrace this idea of a mosaic work life. And we don't, if we don't want to, have to box us into a nine to five um, with just one company. We could work part time. We could start our own consulting business on the side. We could do content management for a company that's going to pay us really well. I know a couple of people who are full-time non-tenure track faculty, and they have started through just the job postings on LinkedIn, applying to various contract work that involves writing and communication. And they were actually very surprised that they were hired because they were like, I know nothing about these particular industries, but the reason why I was hired is because the hiring committee is very excited about my graduate degree and they want academics on the team because of the skills that academics bring to the workplace. And these folks are making way more money working 10 hours a week for these other jobs than they would working full-time teaching. And so what are they gonna do? They are going to build up working for industry and they're gonna slowly pull back teaching courses. And I say more power to you. If the university is not gonna pay people a living wage, whether that's graduate students, non-tenure track faculty or tenure track faculty, I mean, there are some states in the United States that are paying $1,700 a section for the entire semester. That's before taxes. I mean, that's not a living wage if you're thinking about how many sections do you have to be teaching um, to make a living wage. I mean, it's ridiculous. So if the institution is not gonna pay good folks a living wage, there is going to be this continue of brain drain as we have already seen happening in academia. And very smart, hardworking, committed academics are going to take their expertise elsewhere. So I just wanna wrap up Again, by reminding you, you're more than just your content area. And go where you are going to be valued and respected. And you might really, really love teaching and you might experience it and do it for a while and just just decide, like, I have other goals. I have financial goals, life goals, traveling goals, whatever it might be. And full-time academic work may not help you get to those life goals. 
And so it can be really hard for us academics to see ourselves as beyond just our degree because that's what we've been trained to be is everything in academia is about what did you study? What is your thesis or dissertation about? What is your research areas, right? You have to have your talking points about who you are in terms of the content that you do. But if we're not going to be valued and we're not going to get the respect and the financial support for the work that we're doing, my question is, why not be creative and look elsewhere? Why not create a mosaic picture of work opportunities that can allow you to do the kinds of work that you want to do? A little teaching here, a little research there, some writing over there, making a living wage, developing your retirement, having money for family, to start a family, to buy a house, you know, whatever your goals are. So this is a little bit of an existential episode because graduation always reminds me about that. Graduation reminds me of my graduations that I went through, my hopes and dreams, my commitment to being a tenure track professor and believing that it was my fault, that there was something inherently wrong with me if I did not become a professor. And I'm really working to unlearn the inner critic, imposter syndrome, negative beliefs about myself. It is not my fault. And yes, I do have a job at CSU, but I've spent so many years crying and being worried about whether or not I was going to get a good job, a job that was healthy for me, that allowed me to use my, my skills and talents. And so I understand that fear and I, I understand that concern. I think we have an opportunity to do something differently here. So I really want to encourage you in that. And if you've recently graduated, congratulations. That is just so fantastic. And I hope that you take time to celebrate your hard work, who you've become through your graduate programs or your undergraduate programs. All of the skills, write down in a journal, all of the skills that you have learned, your communication skills, your presentation skills, your content skills, your writing skills, your time management skills, all of the skills, the researching skills, how to use databases and keywords and how to summarize and synthesize and project manage and collaborate, all of those skills, write those down, keep track of those and celebrate who you are and, and who you have come to be through your graduate program. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Have a really great week.